You are listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Shaw, punktheology.com. 2018, changing things up a little bit. Got more interviews this uh, this year. Gonna gonna throw out some more of these one-on-one conversations. I got a couple. Derek's uh, gonna be putting one up soon. Today, man, I got a treat for you guys. The Reverend Wendy Wolf on the podcast. Oh, yeah. You're going to want to stick around for this one. It was a crowded night, so it looked to me. I felt so lost, I couldn't say why. I needed strength to change my mind, but those ghosts did tell me like blue. You've had an experience, but let go of the beliefs around it. Okay. And that took a lot. What did that look like? It looked like depression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like get dark. that. Yes. Well, well, and bless them, there's a lot of intellectual talk about deconstruction, and that's great. Right. Like, and they give me these great, oh, that's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. But, like, for me, it was deconstruction of me, of me and my life and my, like, who my, what my identity was. Most, most of us are running and just collecting addiction. Some are socially acceptable and some aren't. And some are more or less damaging to our bodies. Because the faster we run, the less our addictions work, but they chase us more and then we need more. Everything's chasing us. Uh, there's no one I know who isn't playing this game. So it's a matter of learning to what I call face the tiger. And what it takes is to stop running and like let it come. And that, you, we need to work up to that. That doesn't happen in a minute. You know, I started in a secular university. I started taking religion classes. And that was like, on top of all of it, it was devastating. It's like, oh my gosh, like, who wrote this? Oh, yeah, I question oh. everything. <laughs> right. Everything. And like, I want it to be real for me, spiritually true. And I have the senses to figure it out. I've always had a two-part ministry. I have a general-facing ministry and a Christian-facing ministry. Okay. Because, honestly, because the regular world has been so harmed by the horrific behavior of Christians. Exactly. And the misuse of Jesus. Yeah. That um, it's really hard. I can't lead with that in the world. You're telling me to pay my dues. Man, couldn't walk a day in my shoes. So it's my turn to make the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of overlap in what we're interested in. 
So I wanted to introduce you a little bit. You want to get to know you a little more. Um, are you, uh, your family, you're married, uh, well, relationships I'm, going on? How, how does your history with that? Uh, relationships? Uh-huh. Um, well, you know, we could do a few years on that. But, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my partner and I just recently celebrated 22 and a half years. Okay. And um, we met in New Jersey. Right. And um, we moved out here about 15 years ago because I was so ill and I found a path that could help me get better. Okay. Um, so that's why we're here. And oh my goodness, it's awesome here. Right. There's mountains and water everywhere. Right. Um, I can talk much more, but that's the bottom line. Right. Yeah. And when you say partner, you're male, because there's listeners who are going, okay, right, 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 male right. or female, Wendy. Right, right. right. <laughs> Reverend Wendy. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. Like, it could be either, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what's cool about this city. Like, I'm an Uber and Lyft driver, and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll it, people use the word partner. Even if it's if it's male or female or it doesn't matter, right. this is my partner, right? right. Which I, I find really kind of cool and, and progressive in a way yeah. because we're not, you know, like why classify it as is male female? Like it's is like shoulds and ought tos. And my husband, my wife, right. um, makes sense, right. uh, but right. my partner is is something else. It, it it's not just ambiguous. It's it's inviting people into mystery of relationship a little bit, right? Right, and for me, it's not about gender. I'm bisexual, so it's not about gender. Uh-huh. It's about who can I live and create life with. Um, that's what matters. And um, so we had a commitment ceremony like 18-some years ago, and uh, I purposely didn't have the whole marriage part in there because it's not fair. So, like, we had, we just did the whole thing ourselves, which, you know, the family wasn't all so all right. excited about. But, um, <laughs> so you kind of had a, a little, you no, eloped? No, we had or a commitment ceremony. A commitment ceremony. A meal deal. But it was like but the families were, everybody, everybody was, was there. Okay. just like a regular oh, cool. wedding. Right. But, um, but we, together with our friends, facilitated it. Okay. Because I don't believe that the, that the state belongs in the middle of our spiritual relationship. Right. And also, I don't, I, at the time, most queer people couldn't marry. So, like, I'm just like, that's not happening. Right. So, we did it ourselves. And we showed, hey, we can all just do it ourselves. Right. And we did some paperwork on the side um, a year later just to, you know, to make for, it legal for our own it. reasons. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Insurance and yeah. that stuff is, helps. Well, yeah, and there's Social Security and there's, yeah, um, yeah. you know, all the things that that gay people are talking about rights about like who chooses when there's illness or when there's yeah, death or that exactly. kind of thing. It's very important. It is important. Um, so Absolutely. we need to think through that, but we we don't need to put our privilege in people's faces. Um, even now, I think. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. We had a three-day weekend. Oh, cool. Um, all kinds of festival kind of stuff. And, right. Yeah, it was great. Right. A, a celebration. Yeah. So and then do the paperwork later. Yeah, <laughs> which we is did great. it exactly yeah. a year later, and we did it. Re- that was quiet. Yeah, that that was, was the elopement. That yeah, was yeah. just there was just a few of us, and uh, okay. and we did that, and it was great fun. The legal um, thing with a the legal thing because yeah. I did you have like a pastor or a judge or something like that? A friend of mine is a minister. Reverend. Okay. Um, so we did it. Yeah, I see. He read Winnie the Pooh quotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I met you at uh, through Jim Henderson. Yes. And uh, he had the, the once a month church thing that he was doing, and mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit at uh, Hack the Ministry, yes. 
And uh, you're one of those people who, you're like one of the most positive people I know. Wow. <laughs> so I was throwing that out there. It's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions is, is to be more positive. But you're positive in a realistic way. Right. Like if you're going to a thing called Hack the Ministry, you're not one of these kind of shallow, positive thinking, everything's cherries, rainbows, and ice cream kind of people, Right. Right. Actually, um, I'm anti that. I like to, you know how people are like, oh, glass half empty, glass half full. Right. I am like, I have a glass. I am so thrilled to have a glass. Yeah. Having a glass is good. It's so good that I can have water, I can go away. Like, it's un- like that is where my positivity comes in. Uh-huh. It's like, that we're even here is mind blowing. Yeah. Um, and we take, can take so much for granted. Yeah. Right? We're humans. We can get used to anything. Right. Um, but when you, like, peel it back, it's like, it's it's against any, it, we shouldn't be here. Yeah. And we get to, you know, play and enjoy, and it's amazing. And so, even when it sucks eggs, it's still like, wow. Yeah. Getting through the, the tough times is uh, a lot about what we talk about here. Right. And I think that's some of the genesis of punk rock, right? Like even like this this music that was birthed out of pain, you know, the bluesy kind of. Uh, I'm thinking of of young people in the UK, you know, yeah. working class. Like I was reading about uh, how punk, like it used to be like trendy or stylish to wear, you know, like dungarees and work clothes. Yes. Because these kids, that's what they wore because they worked. <laughs> Right? It wasn't like, you know, Dickies, you know, there's a a song, Punk Rock 101, where my Dickies are sweatpants, you know, because it's it's become trendy now, right? Yes. To to wear work clothes is kind of a stylish thing. But it started out like that's just, these people were alive, they're living their lives, life Mm -hmm. is hard, life is tough, but you know what? I'm going to grab a microphone and I'm going to scream about it. (laughs) I'm going to push back some of the darkness. awesome. Right? Yes. Did you grow up uh, brothers, sisters? Uh... Yeah, I have a younger sister. She's six, and she has two beautiful children that I get to play with, which oh, is cool. in New Jersey. Right on. And I go back there two, three times a year for a significant amount of time, so I can do that. Nice. I also you know, minister out there. You know, it's like right. I get to do both. So do you do ministry full-time, or do you have a yeah. job? Yeah, um, about seven years ago, I... Um, I was called to. St- I was working part time, and it was like you know because didn't want to put too much pressure on the ministry to make money. Uh-huh. Um, but I I got called about seven years ago. It's time, Wendy, like like launch. Right. And um, I I gave very long notice where I was working. I was working for Smiley Dog, um, which is adorable. Um, <laughs> Smiley dog. Yeah. What is Smiley um, dog? They deliver um, pet food and products and toys. Okay, cool. Um, in the greater Seattle area. Okay. So I was helping with that. But um, I gave long notice and I was just like, okay, like if, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this. It was time. So, yeah. Um, and it's been lots of permutations, but it was interesting. I made space for it. Right. And then things really started happening. Right. Yeah. That's the hard thing about ministry when, when money's involved and, and trying to make a living off it because there's always the temptation of, you know, there's this, this weird balance. And I feel yeah. that too. I've been doing podcasting for 12 years and yeah. having a podcast that was pretty successful. I started like, 
oh, you know, if I could make a living off this, what, what, you know, having to struggle with that is weird, isn't it? It, it is. And um, it's so important. I was just working with someone last night about this in her own ministry. I support other ministries and other healers. Uh-huh. Um, and um, it's just so important to stay spiritually focused and to, like, watch. Like, what is the steps? What's the fine line that we're walking in God? Um, and not put our, our eyes on, like, success or money or yeah. whatever. And... Um, it can be it can be really challenging. Yeah, yeah, I think that's when we get thrown off. Is our our we lose our focus, right? Yeah. Like the, all right, is God in focus or is the prophet right, the balance sheet? It gets right. so tempting right. to uh, right. you know. And I've never made a living in, in ministry either, but I, I get it. You know, yeah. I just the thought of it is almost intimidating in a way. Right. Um, but it, but it challenges you to really trust spirit and what you actually believe right <laughs> yeah man yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know I'm I'm blessed I work with people one on one and that how much I charge for that has gone up uh-huh. um, because I need to make a living wage yeah. meanwhile it's always like what can they afford and yeah. can they afford because I'm, I've never turned anyone away right just because of money but like it does help them to have skin in the game too yeah exactly that part um, so, and then I also do classes, and I, I've kind of taken a little break, almost two years of doing a lot of classes and a lot of workshops. Um, I've done a few retreats and this and that, a few classes, but I'm coming uh, back out. And that's easier, you know, because, like, if you have 10 or 20 people, then, you know, they can just chip in a little or whatever, and it's something. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's important that if people come to you for help, Free advice is about what it's you pay for it, right? Yes. There's something to that. We have yes. some skin in the game. Like, I'm going to trust this person, and yeah, there's money involved because this person is investing their life energy, which is your time, with with someone who's getting help. That's, that's a, a thing with people who. It's hard to get help. It's hard to pick up the phone sometimes for people. Yeah. And then the money thing makes it weird, but it is so important that. We invest in in our well being and yeah. in our growth. Yeah. You know, not that someone's gonna just like we're entitled to it <laughs> or something, right? Well, yeah, it's it's hard, especially when dealing with Christians. It's yeah. particularly hard. What I found is because I have a two, I've always had a two part ministry. I have a general facing ministry and a Christian facing ministry. Okay. Because honestly, because the regular world has been so harmed by the horrific behavior of Christians and the misuse of Jesus that um, it's really hard I can't lead with that in the world Um, I can lead with God and open and opening spiritually and healing spiritually and I do and then with Christians, it's been hilarious because um, I do have some wonderful Christian clients but in general um, I learned that Christians weren't willing to pay and they weren't willing to work yeah. 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 So, I have too. <laughs> I, yeah. So, um, you know, just sitting waiting for the heaven train. So, um, so what I did is I did a branding called Light in the Darkness for Christians and Light so in the Darkness. Light in the Darkness okay. because people like know that if they have transient depression, anxiety, addiction, chronic illness, 
trauma, abuse, PTSD, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. They know they have to pay. Like they need <laughs> yeah. right? Like like everyone knows that. Uh-huh. Like it's not just a spiritual issue, but right. it's manifesting in ways that are out of control. Um if you're like in the bottom of the hole, uh-huh. call me. Right. Um well, my friend Seth uh, calls it uh, like a pilgrimage. You're going on a journey. You got to saddle up, you know, get your boots on and 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 think of this as a journey. You're not just sitting there having someone bless you with a magic freaking wand or something. Right. Like this is a this is a journey and it and yeah. it's it's not easy, you know. Right. Right. The temptation is the silver bullet. Yeah. Everybody like You're just looking give for me the, the thing, pill. The magic thing. It just fix me. Yeah. Like and that's not how it works. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen that I think a lot of Christians Christians especially tend to to think that way. Maybe because there's this emphasis on Jesus saving me. There's this I love to use the uh, the prodigal son story, which I rather call the running father, but everyone knows prodigal son. Love where it. he 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 he's in pig shit, right? Yeah. Like he actually gets up out of the pig shit and goes on a journey <laughs> back to his father's place. Right. Right? Yeah. Because even his servants are better than what he's like, you know. Right. And so we have to think of in that way rather than Jesus is going to, you know, oh, well, he's like a lifeguard and he's going to pull me out of this right. as I'm drowning, you know. Or, you know, this is just, there's this weird, or he's, he's John Wayne, he's going to saddle up on a horse and come rescue, pick me up in his pickup truck. Like, no, it, this is difficult. I mean, the cross should show us that it's pain, like, God's not going to just come in and rescue us half the time. Like, there's a, there's a relationship, there's a thing going on, there's a journey, there's... And you know. I would say it's the opposite of rescuing. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, pick up your cross. Yeah. Like, it's gone, you're going to get in the, in the mud, and if you're not, there's, why not? Yeah. There's always something to heal, there's always something to transform, there's always something to die about. Yeah. And, um... We, I think our whole Christian culture has been flavored by this um, success story. Yeah, or, or like we're spoiled children, sort of like we're a bunch of like Christians are, like we're spoiled Hilton sisters, <laughs> you know? And we live in this, oh, we're the Christians, and we look down, and we, you know, that kind of... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, here's the thing, it's the, I think there's this huge confusion between spiritual and physical. Yeah. Spiritually, we are already there. Yeah. We're in heavenly places. We are light and love and truth and glory. We are, and physically, we're we're learning how to bring that into the world. Yeah. Jesus and says the kingdom is here. Now. It's here. Like so it's not like open like to that. Like yeah. The spiritual, yeah, not the physical, not like oh, we have to build this certain church or city or whatever theology, but like actually manifesting the glory of God. In, in this form. Yeah. Um, and that, the pain of it is, well, yeah, of course it's ego, of course it's body, of course it's emotions, of course it's beliefs and thoughts and programming and etc. etc. Of course, and that's what dies. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not pretty and it's not fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just dare you to say it is. Because I don't know anybody who's really following God who, like, just has it, they're just, you know, in an ice cream sun- Sunday. That's right. It's not the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I heard Bill Maher, uh, of all people, say, um, 
you know, if you if you're all about ego and success and winning, you know, you're that's not Christianity. That's being a Texan. <laughs> no offense to you in Texas who are listening, but I just thought that was really a funny line. Um, all yeah. my relationships, uh, soul relationships, communication, intimacy, spirit. This is a, a Facebook group that you you run. Uh, about fourteen hundred members. Yeah, and it's not that that. Busy. That's pretty big. That's pretty. Bu- that's a good um, good it, size. Uh, it's not that busy. I um. This is what I like in my life as a person. Uh huh. Not a, like my whole life as a person. This is what I'm fascinated with. This like, is what you wanted to have conversations yes, about, I lo- right? I love it. Yeah. And, and you left off sex. It's oh, sex, of, yeah. Sex, yeah, spirit, like, intimacy, sex, and spirit. Yeah. yeah. Like, and people are like, when do you take the sex off? Take the sex off. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, you're all over the place. I'm not, I'm like, I'm not all over the place. This is connection. Yeah. Which is what, you know, something you're very interested in. Yeah. And, um, you know, connection is so missing. Yeah. And it's, it, yes, it's with Mama Earth. And we're just so separated from our relationship with real reality and earth and yeah. um, and with each other and with our spiritual connections all over the, and with the divine. We're so not hooked in. Yeah. And we're trying to operate, but we're not plugged in. Um, and uh, we run out of batteries. That's true. Um, That's something that uh, in studying sex addiction, uh, it's not... Like, there's a lot of clinicians who are saying, stop saying sex addiction. Like, sex addiction's not a thing. Um, it's an intimacy disorder. Yeah. That's what that's what's fueling it. Yeah. yeah. And it's so... Uh, another thing with, with the Christian world, it, it's so prevalent in, in Christian men. Yes. And I think a big part of that is growing up with guilt. The roots of intimacy disorder are social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And something that I'm realizing with social anxiety and a lot of Christians is judgment, right. you know? The way we judge ourselves, the way we judge mm-hmm. others. There's almost this filter growing up Christian for me where is this person safe? Do they believe the right things? Yeah. You know? Just a weird inner dialogue going on. And then you start to mirror that back on yourself. Or is it start with the self and it's projecting on them, you know? The invalidation, the lies. You know, Satan is the father of lies and the um, accuser of the brethren. That is a big problem for humans. And we walk around in the energy of lies that we suck. Right. (laughs) And there's something wrong with us or there's something wrong with them or I don't deserve. And I feel like like in my ministry, that's one of the it's, and everyone has it, and right. we, don't, we pretend we don't. Back we up a little bit. We, we walk around in the energy of loss. Of invalidation, of lies. Of the lies. lies okay. that we suck, and there's something wrong, right. and we're not whole and complete in God. Right. Right? And in and Christian culture tends to exacerbate that. A certain kind of belief system necessary, a certain kind of presentation, a certain kind of ethics. It's all bullshit, right? It's right. just all bullshit. Um, it's not what God is. God is here and now and whole and complete and with us and we are enough now. So anyway, I just want to say that because it's so important. It is important. And um, Jesus said the same thing. Yeah. Right? Like he was, his, his, the biggest problems he had was towards the institutional, right, religious yeah. elitists yes. who were saying those things, right? Like you've yes. got you to be yes. this and you've got to do that. Yes. And you got to dot your eyes and cross your teeth yeah. and say shibboleth the right way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> right? And um, that's all um, a distraction from real life and God. 
Um, so I'll get to it now. I'll say your question. If you want. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> right. so, so, yeah, um, growing up, how did Wendy yeah, grow up? I in grew a, up Catholic. Catholic. And um, it's funny because, I, you know, I've counted bricks and, you know, like it's just so freaking boring. Yeah. Uh, the whole church thing when you're little. I mean, it's in liturgy and it, you got to. Yeah. And like, yes, and, you know, whatever, but it was horrible. And, um, but as I became a preteen, I started being just like, all right, let's engage with this spiritual thing. And I started um, doing the rosary and I started praying on my own and I started, and then I started having mystical experiences. Okay. Um, I always had spiritual experience, but I didn't understand what it was until much later. I always was seeing spiritually and physically at the same time, uh-huh. feeling spiritually and physically at the same time, but I didn't understand it. But I had a big mystical experience with Mary, like right before my um, confirmation. So I had this huge mystical experience with Mary, and I'm like, this is real. Like hooray! Right. And um, then I go to the confirmation. I'm scared to death because I'm so shy. I'm so shy, and I'm so like I grew up like um, hard. I grew up hard, and so like disappearing was my thing. Right. Um, and I'm like sitting there trying to disappear, but I'm watching this bishop with his big old hat and his robes and his this and that, and he's waving his arms like he's doing something. Right. And I'm watching, and I'm like nothing's happening he's not doing what he's pretending to do there's no magic and I'm like this is crap (laughs) 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 like I'm like kind of like you you saw the curtain and the Wizard of Oz you saw the wizard back there furiously working the levers so it was just very undermining as I came into my teens of my spiritual walk and I became an agnostic I'm like the the science people that I talked to, they seemed to know what was going on, and that their stuff made sense, and it worked, right? So I was I was still agnostic, because intellectually, I believe that's the only path for me. Uh-huh. Like, intellectually, God, this God thing makes no sense at all. Right. It makes no sense. Yeah. And being here makes no sense, but God bigger than all that makes less sense. So yeah. intellectually, I stayed an agnostic, but I was like an active agnostic, not an atheist because I had some humility um, for most of my teens. Right, that certainty thing is something I couldn't I couldn't do either. Like I it just, it was, yeah. it was too certain. You guys are you're sort of like the religious people with the certainty. Right, right. They get really yeah. fundamentalist. God bless them. So, um, <laughs> so um, when I was seventeen, though, I started hanging with through Girl Scouts started hanging with some people who like really loved God and God was real and really loved each other and house church and 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 God was real and I was just like this is real like I taste real here right and um, so then I like I was in that it was a born again ish um, fruits of the spirit ish beautiful um, organic house church uh, with wonderful people that I still love they're still my spiritual family right um, even though I'm like black sheep but um I, again, like I had a year of amazing, like with God in uh-huh. that, reading the Bible all the time, worshiping all the, like all that stuff. Right. <laughs> um, but I bought the package. So after a year, God started pulling me out again. God's like, good, you've had an experience, but let go of the beliefs around it. Okay. And that took a lot. What did that look like? It looked like depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it I like get dark that. night of the senses. It's a deconstruction, right? Like it a lot of people talk about today, this kind of deconstruct, yes. reconstruct. Yes. Well, well, and bless them. There's a lot of intellectual talk about deconstruction, and that's great. Right. Like, and they give me these great. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look at it. 
but like for me it was deconstruction of me I see of me and my life and my like who my what my identity was because I was way too attached to this and that um, I started taking you know I started in a secular university I started taking religion classes and that was like on top of all of it, it was devastating it's like oh my gosh like who wrote this and what didn't happen like it's like right. messy when it's all cerebral um, and intellectual, yeah. it can. I do the same thing. Like I get into those kind of thoughts. Like, okay, this guy wrote this and says this is true. Why and who the hell is he? Right. <laughs> like, who right. the fuck is this guy to say that? <laughs> you know, that's kind of my attitude. Where a lot of a lot of intellectual thinkers will just, oh, well, that's just true because this guy said it, and I'm, I don't mean that's. Oh yeah, I question uh, everything. Right. Everything. And like I want it to be real for me, spiritually true, and I have the senses to figure it out. So like I developed that too. Um, so so yeah, so it was like this dragging, like one picture I had through my twenties is uh, most of it is like a tree in the void, just black, right? In the void, a tree. That's right. me. And my roots are in a little dirt, but the clods keep getting taken away. Like every little, like I couldn't have anything. Mm. I couldn't hold on to anything but God. Right. And it really was hard. And it really pissed me off. And um, then when the final clods came off and it took so long, then finally it's like, oh, like my roots are in the heart of God. Like that's what I want. But all along it was just like a cat trying not to be in the bath. You know, it's like right. a whole lot of scratching yeah. um, and bloodiness. Um, yeah, that's so. an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, because I I, I I tend to think that way about my own spiritual path. Like there's some part of me that's still, you know, like a cat not wanting to go to the bath. You know. Yeah. Uh, and and feeling that rootedness and knowing that there's something down in there. There is. But but a fear of it. Because everyone's trying to explain it, yeah. aren't they? They are. Everyone's got some kind of intellectual thing yeah. to to describe the thing that there's no words for, <laughs> right? Right. And that's right. that relationship. It's relationship. Yeah. It's just reality. Spiritual reality, physical reality. That's what matters. And all our stories about it. We're human. We need them. We get out of the box. We get into a different box. That's just humans. Right. Right? But, like, am I willing to let the box go away? Am I willing to follow the living God right. into the wilderness, away from all the beliefs of my friends and the validation of my friends. Right. How about your parents? How did your parents handle this? How old were you during this kind of reconstruction or deconstruction like process? Um, they really had trouble when I was a teenager. It was right. hilarious. I grew up around all like working class white Catholic people right. pretty much. And uh, there was down the road there's this little like little richer Protestant little enclave. We had one black family, one Jewish family. I mean it was like crazy. Right. <laughs> but that's what it was. Um, so my boyfriend for most of junior high and high school, Bob, he was like, he was a punk guy. He was all out of the box. Uh-huh. And my family were all like crazy that I was agnostic. Like when I finally came out after a few years, I'm like, I don't believe this stuff. Right. And they were all nuts. But here's the thing, Russ. It blew my mind because it's like I cared more about God than they did. Right. From my perspective, with all respect to them all, like from my uh -huh. perspective, they didn't really care about God. They'd go on Sunday to church. They cared about ritual. And that's it. Yeah. Like they had a title. 
uh-huh. they did the, what had to be done but it had no meaning from my perspective it had like so little meaning in their lives that I was just like why do you care like it hasn't doesn't matter and like what I understand now about spiritual evolution is that we go through cycles of different intentions like um, Bill Maher like he's a great example he, I see him as he's in a higher spiritual cycle than a lot of Christians are and he's willing to say this um, sky god is crazy yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. But, and, but he's willing to like look for truth yeah right like and so I was in this cycle of and which a lot of people are going through um, of let's let go of all this belief stuff because it doesn't make any sense it makes no sense um, and get to like real you know truth light love life the way it is to walk for us that makes sense right like that I'm really into that right right the connectedness the connectedness what connects like, us and it, sometimes it's love that's dragged me through sometimes it's truth that's dragged me through but uh-huh. I'm just like I'm not compromising I'm not gonna like just stop asking questions I'm not gonna just settle for going to church on Sunday right. that's crazy so anyway, like that's that, and I didn't make a big deal of it. But my family had trouble. My mother dragged me the, to the priest, which just made it worse because I was like, "Oh my gosh!" and like authority figure, and he told me his own experience, which is wonderful. From my now, I get like he can only tell me his experience. That was good, uh-huh. but at the time, I'm just like, I don't care. It makes no sense to me, right? He didn't say this is a spiritual opening that you can have and here's how you can do it that's what I do in my ministry here's a spiritual opening you can have if you want it and here's some steps you can take that people do and it works it's kind of set them on a path set them on a opening to their own experience of the divine I see right I mean that's the answer from my perspective right not some intellectual doctrinal or dispensational <laughs> we're going to go whip out a bunch of big words and throw them out <laughs> throw them all out throw them, throw them all out on the table and, 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 bat and, them around and it's hilarious because the church has all these words there's all these words with all these big packed meanings it's like yeah. let's just keep it simple Jesus didn't use any of those words yeah no God bless us yeah you know it's awesome what you're doing but like can we just like get down to humanity here exactly yeah, yeah. didn't he say something about you know the the religious rules of men, you know, <laughs> as a kind of a criticism, right. and we just, critique we can't towards help ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember uh, growing up Catholic? Any anybody seem <laughs> asking this because it's it's out there, you know? Anybody seem creepy in the in the Catholic kind of spiritual way that you grew up, or were they just? I didn't notice it, um, and I would have. Um, yeah. But I was also not uh, an altar boy, and I wasn't allowed to be. And right. I was a girl. Yeah, I don't yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, girls are. <laughs> you know, dress up in a cute dress and, be, and put a smile on, and right. we Maybe pull okay. a candle or something. Yeah, we'll let you live. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you have anybody uh, that spiritually um, was inspiring to you? As a teenager, or growing up, or who was helpful in that progression of waking up a little? Somebody who didn't shit on you for it, but was actually encouraging. Um, First, I've already mentioned. I feel like I grew up in like kind of a spiritual and intellectual wasteland. God bless 
everyone, but like it just wasn't. I was a square peg in a round hole, uh-huh. always. Um, I will say my dad is the only one who didn't have a big fit, and he said to me, "My dad, <laughs> my dad, um, he's a long-distance trucker. He didn't, he, you know, he had less education. Like I don't know, ninth grade or tenth grade or something. Um, he's just a simple guy. Uh-huh. And, but he said, Wendy, he wasn't. Un- he was unruffled about it. He said, there's <laughs> There's no atheist in the foxhole. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, it all come out in the wash. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he was right. You know, like, I did have to have some tumult, but, like, that was, and their reaction didn't have to happen, but my tumult had to happen. And it is, it's so come out in the wash because my tenacity about what works in life and what the truth of God is has paid off for me. Uh-huh. Not right away, right? But over decades, right? Really, I've gotten what I always wanted, right? But it really took waiting, and it really took thrashing around when I didn't have to thrash, but I did have to thrash. Right. Um, I'm I'm always reminded of um, the portrait of the artist as a young man, and how um, talks about uh, the answers will unfold in your life, but you can't have them now because you can't live them. You can't live them. Them. So when you know, just live the questions. Interesting. It's just like that's so powerful. I get like, I get tingly just saying it. It's yeah, like, yeah. If, like that's one thing I could say. And if I could say to young people, like the one thing is like, please try not to suffer over all this. Like the other big quote from my youth that got me through in some ways is, which I didn't listen to very well, is, um, don't inquire why or whither. This is. Thornton Wilder, maybe. Don't inquire right. why or whither, but just in, uh, enjoy the ice cream lots on the plate. It's like when you're young, live. Like, yeah. do the punk thing. Like, live, live your life. taste, see, you know, grab it. Yeah. Um, and because I spent a lot of time, a lot of time in misery about all these questions yeah. and thrashing on them and guilt and guilt <laughs> and yeah. all this stuff that was just like, gosh, when you have that young body, freaking use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And and be be alive. Be alive. And realize where your appetites come from as well. Because I think as a as an addictive person, who maybe used my young body too much, <laughs> and you know, and got in trouble some, and and, and hurt some people, uh, I also had to deal with understanding my wounds. Yeah. You know, so I'm a I'm an adult survivor of childhood sexual assault, mm-hmm. and for years I spent a lot of time. Self-destructive, you know, and then going through trying to get sober, which isn't the starting line. Like sobriety is is a great place to get to, but it's not the pinnacle. It's not it's not where you you know. Like there's a lot of people that just set the goal or set their intention to sobriety, and then oh well, I can I can hit uh, autopilot now. And no, you can't. No. No. Yeah. Understand where those appetites come from, and where that, where that fear—if it's fear-based or, right. you know, the relational stuff—can get so, so messy. You know, it can leave wounds if it's not understood well. You know, so you you treat people for, with with trauma and uh, yeah. addictive behavior I stuff like that. I love to work with I love to work with trauma abuse 
addiction because it's real. Yeah. And because it's so gushy. I mean, there's such possible fruit that starts coming quite quickly. Yeah. And there's so much just really good grist for the mill. Um, if we have to live through those things, then it helps to find the gift of them. Right? Yeah. If we have to live through horrible trauma or abuse or whatever, yeah. there's it's not all for naught. Like it's terrible, I know. Yeah. Um, but looking at it as a as a the, the as gift a in it, there's a gift in it. Like a, what happened to you? Like here's something that I had a hard time with, is, and a lot of this is this Christian kind of bullshit with the uh, kind of shallow. Um, well, everything happens for a reason, Russ. And don't you know, right? Like, Jesus had a plan. Like, had a plan for that fucking shit. Like, fuck that. No. Right. Like, God did not plan that. It wasn't God's will for me to be raped when I was nine years old. Like, fuck that. Right. But looking at um, a gift in it. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't. It wasn't a gift that, that happened it to totally, me. But, no. but the fact that... I've had to walk through it. Um, my life would be different. It would be different. I, I, you know, I could sit here and say, I wish it. I do wish it had never happened. But I don't know who I would be if it didn't. Yes. I don't. You know, and, and and so my life is difficult. But that's okay. Yeah. It's hard to. You know, it's hard to. Uh, it's. Um, it's hard to accept that damage like that happens to people, but when you do, yes. you know that God was there. You yes. know some of that was hard too. Like yes. I remember going to Mars Hill and and Pastor Mark saying things like, uh, you know, well God, you know, loves His children, and like where was God when I was raped? Right. And and the truth is, is right right there. Right there. Right there in it. Right. And that's the cross. Right? God's right there in it. I heard a story uh, from a guy. He went through Auschwitz, one yeah. of these survivors of Auschwitz. And they're loading Jews on a train. And this little boy was acting up. And instead of, instead of you know, dealing with him, they just strung him up right there. And, so, and one guy walked by and said, where is God? Yeah. And another guy pointed at the little boy and said, right there. Right there, you know. Exactly. And I've had to, I've had to think of that and walk through that in my own story because, you know, it, and it's, you know, I wasn't killed. I'm not dead. Right. But right. having to to get into to some of that is really difficult work. Right. And, and we blaming God isn't helping. <laughs> Never did help. You know. I know. Being it's angry my at God. Thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I love Forrest Gump with that that whole scene with Captain Dan. You know, and he's out there just freaking out in the storm, and this waves are hitting him. And I think Pastor Captain Dan made his peace with God. You know, there's something to that. Just screaming at God, like "Fuck yeah, you! Where totally. were you?" Yeah, let's get real. That's the Psalms, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I went off on a little tangent. No, about, thank you. <laughs> this is it's that's the it's so core and, and gift this was is a the subtle. Trigger. I know it's yeah, a yeah. Um, it, 
it's so subtle because if you look at it from a physical point of view, if you make it a glib thing, oh, it all works together for good, or oh, yeah. God is in it, or oh, it's a gift, that is just so, it's re-damaging. Yeah. It's re like it's like it's assault. Yeah, it feels like it. It is. Yeah. Um, especially when the more... Well, you believe that, and then it, you, it's kind of disconnect happens, I feel. Yes. Where, oh, you believe that, that's okay, I'll let you have that. But inside here, I'm going, bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> it just bullshit. hurts. It's like, yeah. it's like taking our wounds and... And we don't want to have that conversation. Hitting us with it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that is just... I'm sorry, that's just... It's assault. It's, like, that's not okay. Yeah, no. And, and then... So that's on the one hand. You guys can't see it. <laughs> but right. On the one hand. And then the other hand, there is the spiritual reality of that we are one. And we're in a dance with the divine, and that's a whole different reality. It's, has, it's not physical. God is spirit and, and truth. And in that place, we're, we are always connected to the fabric of all things and the fabric of God, and we nobody can take us out of that. Right. And so, like, when 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 we can ho- say hello to these horrific things that happen to us and to people we care about. If we can say hello to them and then and be, but we do it from the place of we're whole in one cloth with God, and then bring these things and start to let the all that emotionality drip out of it. Yeah, because it gets frozen in there, right? That's what trauma. That's why trauma is so damaging. And we can do all the New Year's resolutions. Here we are in the New Year. And people have these kind of like, I'm going to be better. And I'm going to do better. Because it's January. You know? And, uh, but if we, (laughs) right? But if we don't get into that space that you're talking about. It all means nothing. Yeah, it doesn't. That's why it doesn't work long term. Well, if I could say, there's, there's, remember we before, earlier we talked about the invalidation, the lies. So here's what I see. This is how I see it lately. So much with everyone I, 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 I relate to. So down deep, spiritually, uh-huh. we're already one and whole and all that stuff. We're already in God. We're right. already with God and light and all that. And then we get this overlay. Some people might think of it as original sin. We get this overlay that just seems to come. We come out of the birth canal and here it is. Right. Like, something's wrong. Right. We suck. We don't deserve. You suck. Whatever it is. This overlay of there's something wrong. And then we have to try to live on that. Right? So, like, our egos are band-aid over pain. We get rational thoughts. We have experiences on top of all this. But we're separated from our wholeness. Yeah. And we're trying to live on top of we suck. So we have to try to be good. da 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 you know, like, do you like our show? Like, whatever the show is, we get a show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we like, we want to protect our show, and we get, you know, so like, but that's all so far from the reality. Like, so we're trying to prove that we're okay, but we're already okay. But we just, there's this overlay, and then bad things happen to us, and it just layers and layers yeah. of bullshit. Yeah. Um, when, and then if we just start to start to sneak up onto the reality of, how preciously in relationship we are with all, then that starts to let some of this stuff melt away and we start to become more present and more real and right. more and stop with all this stuff. Almost like lancing a big zit or boil or something, right? Yeah. Like there's pus in there. Yeah, there's pus. And there's like a time lot heals of... all wounds? No, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like they fester. They fester unless yeah. we bring them to the light. Yeah. 
and then they do get healed and mm -hmm. it does take time yeah. um, but most most of us are running and just collecting addiction because the faster we run the less our addictions work but they chase us more and then we need more everything's chasing us right and what it takes is to stop running we're scared to death it's going to kill us and we're going to blow up the world or something yeah and um, I need more fuel for this freight train that's yes. running down the tracks <laughs> towards <laughs> a brick wall usually toward a brick wall but the, I think the lie that we believe like you were saying we believe the lies the lie we believe is that if I can just put more fuel in it it'll go faster and I'll, and I'll run be away okay. I'll be okay yeah I'll, I'll put all that stuff behind me because this train will go faster yes and I, I did that for a year more sure. cocaine doing it. I don't know but he's not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Right? Like Dalai yeah. Lama's not doing it. Um, you know, people are almost <laughs> masters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rest of us, we're all dealing with addiction, um, running, avoidance, some form. Right. And some are socially acceptable and some aren't. And some are more or less damaging to our bodies. But uh, there's no one I know who isn't playing this game. So it's a matter of learning to what I call face the tiger and like let it come and that you, we need to work up to that that doesn't happen in a minute and in eastern theology would say it's a mat it's a matter of subtraction rather than addition yeah you know we're subtracting um therapist uh my, my therapist uses the analogy of the bowl <laughs> she, you know like we all have a bowl and it's full of stuff and we're kind of pulling stuff out of the bowl right. over time Right. And, and it's relational, you know, a relationship has a bowl and there's yes. different things we have to remove yes. from that bowl before we can get to that place where we're not, yeah, we're not running, we're not fueling the yeah. the hell train, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, you know, most of our, what goes on in our society is fueling the train. So, yes, consumerism, yes, all the addictions, yes we have to be rich and famous or whatever, we have to be successful. But also, most of the religious equipment is fueling the train. Yeah. And a lot, some of the, the therapist stuff is fueling the train. Yeah, but psychology and geek yeah, out on that stuff. There's some like, big words in there, too. There's big words in there, too, and a lot of, like, letters after people's names and That's stuff. That's right. Like, and, like, we're all like, oh. Yeah. You know. It's more dick measuring. It is. Or ego. Yeah. You know. Right. Whoever gets the most letters after their names knows the most stuff. I know is the best person, and, and they're wonderful. Like and, and like, I used to in my ministry. I used to be like, oh gosh, because I work with a lot of therapists. Uh -huh. I work with a lot of spiritual leaders. Like, like they're like, you know, they're something. You know, and I used to be just like, oh gosh, like there's something. They have more letters, or they have all these things. <laughs> Intimidation. And, you feel intimidated and I just, a little like, bit. Had to be like, all I can do, like I come to, I come to what I do. And I have to lay aside all the physical stuff, everything I know, and everything I feel, and everything I think, and everything, because like, or else it doesn't work. Right. Like, I can't be going in there with some kind of agenda. Like, of course, I think of things ahead of time. Like, I have things for this conversation. Like, right. Have I looked at it? No. But I'm ready. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because that's what bodies do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But then I have to put it all aside and be with God and notice where is the way with this person in this moment. What is the way of life, and that that's like that takes something. Yeah. And it takes putting aside all the other stuff and how it happened last time or what they might think. 
like I just was with a, some big high church flute person the other day and I was like oh god please like because I'm like led to, to like do this thing which is like not theological like I'm like this is anti-theology I'm just like please first time I'm working with this person like I'm like crap you know, <laughs> like, right. of course. You know, and I'm like, okay. I, and I have to say to her, like, all right, this is not a rational, this is not a theological conversation, but let's let's say hello to this. And it was absolutely profound for this person. Like, they had a totally shifted intimacy with God because we worked that the the deep unconscious barriers holding away life. And but like that takes me like saying dumb stuff, <laughs> like that makes no sense uh-huh. to the rational. And getting past, like I think it was Rob Bell that said we we construct our gods and our gods construct us. Yes. You know, so it's it's getting to the roots or underneath that. I have a friend, my friend Steve said he's reading this book called Imaginary Jesus. And the guys, you know, he's bringing up all these different imaginary Jesuses we use. Yes. Like I went to Mars Hill Church, they had the MMA Jesus, right? Like he's he's in fight mode and right <laughs> spiritual warrior <laughs> kind of thing. So there's there's all these different ways that we constructed the divine, and they can really mess with people, doesn't it? And it takes sometimes it takes. Someone else. It takes someone else. That's that's why we're we're wired to be in relationship, yes. aren't we? Yes. We're not supposed to just do this all alone, right? But when you when, and that's part of why you know doing this a theological show, which I don't really see it as that so much. It's just <laughs> it's just getting to those things that what we really believe. That's part of the tagline of this this podcast is don't don't tell me what you believe. You know, show me you you show with your life what you really actually believe. Yes. And that's that's the roots of, of how people behave and yes. do their life, right? Yes. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to, to transition the conversation a little bit here, because we're, we're sort of a peacemaking fight club. <laughs> so conflict resolution is something we're really interested in. Because our culture is so not connected right now. I think that that's a big part of my drive for doing this and, and understanding why we're so like the last election as a prime example of how screwed up we are I just had some people in the car from Australia who were asking questions about you know Trump and this this thing and they're watching the news over there even like we're we're like just we're like a whole world's new reality show right uh, yes, like yes. Trump's apprentice yes world <laughs> yes and it's we are. it's it's, it's yeah I know, but, but it's it is also a reflection of Western culture and how how we do conflict, right? How we resolve conflict, how we see the other, and we're not doing a real great job of that. So I had a, a few questions to to maybe pull get us thinking about how we maybe engineer that differently moving forward. Um, do you think it's possible uh, for people to 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 really get along without agenda? And not that agendas are bad, but sometimes they are bad, <laughs> you know? Like, when I think a lot of fear and intrepidation in relationship is due to that word agenda, and especially with, like, in Christian terms, but you see it in business, too. But with a lot of Christians, there's this, there's this feeling of agenda. When someone, I was having a, 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 ta- a conversation with a pastor friend, and I said, people are really good at smelling agenda. My friend Derek brought this up, too. Um, we smell it and then we back away. Like, oh, you're trying to sell me something. 
right. <laughs> and we start to back away from the thing. And I think that there's a lot of that going on subconsciously in our culture. It's absent as awareness. This is Richard Rohr. We cannot attain the presence of God because we're already in the presence of God. Consciousness of aware, like being aware of God. Yeah. So like that is a meeting point for almost everyone from my perspective. In that vein, I'm looking, I'm like, why is, like, here I'm coming from, like, let's look from a spiritual point of view, that's my ministry, that's what I do, let's look from a, identify spiritually, focus spiritually, figure out what's going on spiritually. And then, is coming from a physical point of view, he's a, he's a non-theist, uh-huh. he's coming from a physical point of view to reality, and it turns out that we get to the same place. Right. It's just that he came from that way, and I'm learning to physicalize, because I have... That's my big thing, and I think everybody's big thing, is we're here to bear the light. We're here to be the light in the world, in bodies. Right. <laughs> the bodies, and, and Christianity in general tends to want to leave all that behind. Let's just be, pretend we're spirit. It's like, and meanwhile, the things don't, the, our needs don't get met physically, and then we end up in like crazy land. Right. Like addiction or whatever. Yeah. Um, or affairs. Or, or affairs. You know, or yeah. um, a, a, Stuffing your... Food, food, food. Yeah, food. Yeah, <laughs> sugar, yeah. sugar, sugar, sugar. Whatever. So, um, so even from the spiritual point of view or the physical point of view, we come to the what we're here as a soul to do, from my perspective, which is to dance spirit and body for real and walk how we're called by God. Uh, you know, Jesus. I love John. It says over and over something like different forms of Jesus saw Abba doing what he did. Jesus heard Abba saying and he said. Like I believe that Jesus is a beautiful picture right. of dancing spirit and body and that's why we hold him up so high. Right. Um, and so I just find that fascinating. Like it doesn't matter where you start on the mountain. Right. <laughs> from yeah. my perspective. If you're really willing to go for any of it. Um, truth or beauty or love. Maybe that's what we're seeing when we sense agenda. Is Maybe there's some question in our spirit going, what's the mountain here? Right? Because I think maybe well, like you brought up Richard Rohr, and one thing I really enjoy about him is this breaking up of non-duality. Yeah. Like stop seeing things as black and white. And I think when we, we feel or smell agenda... Maybe that's part of our cultural conditioning is seeing it as always black and white. Like this person wants something from me. This person's trying to sell me. Um, no, maybe they're just trying to communicate or get you to see something. Or maybe they don't see something and... They're trying to figure it out themselves. Yeah. Agenda is physical. Agenda is body. Uh-huh. It's always body. God doesn't have an agenda. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> God yeah. is. God is. God is an evolving is. Right. <laughs> um, so, like any agenda we put on it, whether it's like you got to believe my four spiritual laws, or you have to, you right. know, yeah. or you have to um, dress this way to be accepted, like whatever it is, right. you have to pay a million dollars to get the light. Like all that is physical. Right. So, like that's just things in the way of climbing the mountain. Right. But and yes, we have good sniffers for it. Um, 
yeah. trust the climb, I guess. Trust the climb. So what, 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 what I feel like you're, you're pointing, like there's some pointing to is about what consciousness is it. Like Richard Rohr is talking to a non-dual consciousness. He's talking to a very high level of consciousness yeah. and encouraging us all, wherever, whatever consciousness we're in, right. to be like, oh, that makes some sense. And, yeah. and there's a lot of people talking about it. There's a lot of people getting fundamentalist about it, which yeah. points to that they don't quite get it they yet. Don't God bless them. Yeah. all. But like the non-dual consciousness is what I'm. T- it's like it's some of what I'm talking about because when we actually get there through, like Dark Knight, Night of the Soul and stuff, it doesn't just happen. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, Give us that journey. Uh, then we're in the conscious, the consciousness of one. Uh-huh. Which is what I keep talking about. Yeah. Where that is, like, if we're more and more informed by that, and that's we can visit there. Most of us, we can visit there. We can do it in a spiritual service or in a when we go to counseling. Or sometimes we visit that experience of like, oh, and it feels so good. It feels like peace. Yeah. It feels like, oh, I'm one. Or like I like there's no frayedness about me in this moment. Um, so like. And, and what I believe we're all working on as cultures and as people um, is to come to that experience of one, which I would call God, but I don't have to. Right. Um, it could be light or whatever. Um, love. People like that love word, but it gets all muddy. Love yeah. is full of muddy. Yeah, it's very to muddy. Avoid it. I love burritos. <laughs> I love my wife. Those are right. and very I want different to, like, loves. Have sex with them or whatever. <laughs> like I want to be kind. Or I want to have romantic notions. Like there's a yeah. lot. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's not love. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So the oneness experience is life changing, uh-huh. and that's part of what I, my ministry is to invite people to even have a moment of that, right. and then to start to allow that to build as our where we live and who we think we are in that. And then all that other stuff falls away and the agenda starts to fall away. Yeah. And the belief systems start to fall away. And we just are. And then we're clearing. It, like This is another reason why Jesus was so powerful and popular. He just was. Uh-huh. He was, just was life. Yeah. Love. Truth. And like being near him, we're amazing matchers. I call it matching. We're um, vibrating with... Um, just like you know, you pluck a, a violin on one side of the room, and the other side it starts vibrating at the same note. Um, uh, Ram Das talks about this. Like he was shifted. He, Ram Das. Okay. He was, do you know him? No. Um, no. He's pretty popular. Came back to the United States. He's been like a Harvard professor or something. All into the drug culture. Okay. This is a really good story. So he was hanging out with Tim Leary and all that. Okay. And they were like heavy into the drugs. Heavy into the. Psycho, blah blah blah. Right, right. And <laughs> two in, drop out. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they would they would like do it all weekend, and they'd be just like in this consciousness that was amazing. And he's just like, but I had to come down. I always had to come down. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to come down. So he went on a spiritual quest. I want to learn how to do this without the drugs. A lot of people getting into ayahuasca now and yes. mushrooms and yes. trying to have yes. spiritual. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like I know some people who have taken like. Mushroom. I don't know what they've done. I'm not. I'm not growing up in that stuff. I've been doing the spiritual stuff. But um, right. yeah. <laughs> they like actually attain a different consciousness, and then then they're like open to it. 
yeah. it changes how their brain is. It's like, yeah, wow. Yeah. So, um, so Ram Dass goes, his name was like Dr. Blah 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 at the time, but he goes, he's in the presence of this holy man, and like, that's what it is. Like, he, this holy man is the presence. And so he gets to, in his presence and he starts to be transformed. He almost had no talking to this guy. He had some other guy, like, program him in, in the religion. Right. <laughs> he just was with this guy, loved this guy. And was shifted, and then came back and started sharing our culture yeah. for, for decades. So this guy was better than acid, or yeah. As a matter of fact, here's the <laughs> hilarious LSD. part. Here's the very hilarious part. So Ramdas gives him LSD and doesn't just give him some. He gives him like seven times what you're supposed to have. Or oh some ridiculous wow. thing. Yeah. And he gives it to this guru, and the guru was just like unfazed and kind of laughing at him. Like, uh-huh. you think this is going to do something? I'm already here. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, wow. So anyway, like, off on the guru thing, but like, when Jesus walked, everyone around him was transformed. Right. And they took time to let their brain come together, like all the disciples, like, they were in the consciousness of Jesus, and then they'd ask, like, dumb questions, right? Like, they're, uh, like, Peter, bless Peter, he's always doing this stupid <laughs> shit, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he gets it, like, Peter's like, oh, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, you know, and, and Jesus is like, that's right, Peter, you're, um, physical people didn't tell you this, God yeah. told you this, Yeah, like, yeah. and on this rock I will build my church, by the way, this is very important, like, I'm calling my ministry, like, this is the, the very thing, Jesus is saying, on this rock of God will tell you, I will build my assembly, that's uh, where I live, like, yeah. that's... That's where God has brought me. And which gives me hope too, because he was such a mess. Like he, if you had a it's test, a mess. if you were going to test for this job, idiot, you <laughs> wouldn't, you would not be the prime candidate, right? You know, he's just whacking around, and sometimes yeah. He gets hey, these right. guys are going to bring me. You know, they're arresting me, and he whips out a sword. You know, like right. He, Peter, he, he gets into death. He goes physical and spiritual perspective. He goes back and forth. And in that scripture, here's the thing for me. So you're the rock. Like, not you're the rock. That's what we've been programmed in. So yeah. Peter's the rock, and then the church comes from that. Yeah, he was the first pope or whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. um, no, on the rock of God can tell you directly. I'll build my assembly. And then, um, so good for you, Peter. And then, like, practically, the, like, the next thing that happens is Peter, Jesus is saying, well, I'm going to die, and I'm going to be tortured, and it's going to be terrible. And then, uh, and, and Peter's like, no way. And Jesus is like, get thee behind me, Satan. So clearly, Peter is not the one to build on first. <laughs> but second, it's like he went from spiritual perspective to physical perspective. Uh-huh. Like, and who wants their friend, who they love, to go through that? Of course, no, no, no. Yeah. Any lo- good love or parent or any, like, no, but yes. And like, please don't get in my way because it's hard. Right. right? Get the behind me saying, don't tempt me not to follow my path. Right. Um, so, like, I love Peter, and like, I so relate because I'm such an idiot, right? I'm always falling off the horse. Always falling. Off the horse. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> right. Me too. Like, I get a moment of woo, I have it. Yeah. And it's a mess again. Yeah, yeah. Right. But that's the beautiful thing about about this is, and that's why that's why I tend to to identify as a Jesus follower. I don't. I think I'm getting away from Christian just. Because, you know, when I identify as Christian, that doesn't 
people have, oh, I know what you are. <laughs> like, no, you, you don't. don't. Yeah. yeah. But there's something to um, the first is last and the last is first. And even when we fail, ironically, we're succeeding. <laughs> you know? yes. Right? Yes. That's, that's so true. Yes. Um, well, Wendy, closing out, thanks for, for, for being here. Thanks for doing this. Uh, is there any, any anything you wanted to, to end with? How, how can people get a hold of you or in contact with you if, they, if they'd like? Um, well, I wanted to an- answer the question about um, conflict. I sure. Don't know, what's our, do we have time? Yeah, we have time. We okay. Got, sure. I'll answer that and then I'll say, okay, say blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it was interesting you talked about the warrior Jesus. Right. Because, again, it's a sample of taking spiritual reality. Jesus is a warrior spiritually. You don't mess. And when I'm in spiritual warfare, when I'm like dealing with serious spiritual conflict with a person or a group or myself, like Jesus is like, he's always right there with me because he's my BFF. But right. Like, but like I, him and Archangel Michael are like, that's who I go to war with spiritually. And I, and it's it's an uncomfortable word, but and but it's like, can I stand? Um, can I sit? In spiritual places, this is um, um, Watchman Nee, sit, walk, stand. Right. Can I sit in spiritual places? Can I learn to walk in the world as who I am? And can I stand in the face of the pushback, whatever we right. call it, right, within us and in the world? This is real. Like, this happens, whether you call it whatever you call it. Right. So in that, in that, Jesus is a warrior, and he does show up, and he does kick butt. Right. He really does. Um, but like that's spiritually, yeah, right. And usually, it always comes back to love and having everyone notice that we're all in the same cloth. Even Satan, all of us, we're all right. God. Yeah, um, we're just playing different teams, and you know, eventually, we'll put it back in the Monopoly box and have pizza. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just not like the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, I would say about resolving conflict. Of course, you know, you've heard me say lots of times, can we be in the consciousness of oneness instead of two-ness? Yeah. Like, we are here to learn I-thou. I mean, that's part of the game. We're in the, we're in the duality game right. on this earth. But under it all, we're one. Right. And um, can we remember that um, as we play our role? You know, and as we play, like, I'm going to be advocating for this, and you're going to be advocating for that. It's funny, because I think this is a, a Ram Dass story I heard so long ago. He's over negotiating with, like, some king in, like, some eastern country about... He, the, he has this um, group called Sabo. They do good works. They help people who are blind or whatever. Right. And he's negotiating with this high-level minister, prince kind of person and about moving that ministry forward in the world. And he's sitting there, like, negotiating, you know, real, like, man, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. We've got to get this deal done, right? Deal. But, like, meanwhile, he, spiritually, he's noticing that this guy is the presence of the light just like him and he's like saying to himself is that you in there yeah right like can we realize even as we're in the dance of duality that oh hi yeah. namaste yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know there's a consciousness <laughs> thing there too right yeah it's almost going into the conflict realizing we're on the same team we're on the same team in the yeah end. yeah that's the relational three part of it right there's, right. there's three there's not just my position, your position, and right. then there's our relational right. light and, and energy. 
yes. and even vibration to use that word, which I a little triggered by. But I get what you're saying. I like what you did. I like your exactly. I like your your uh, your piano or, or the the analogy with the you know the because that's you know physically true, yeah. and it's a good way to explain what's going on spiritually as well. Right. I I would agree with that. Right. Yeah, Another one is that like Jesus shows up. We're like cross country runners, a high school team. And all of a sudden, one day, we show up to practice again. <laughs> and, yeah. and the coach says, hey, I have an Olympian here. Jesus, he's going to show us how he ran. And he's not going to like bring out his um, mimeographs. He's not going to like put on the whiteboard. He's going to run with us. Right. And we're going to organically learn how he runs, and we can integrate that, keeping our eyes in Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Like, we can run with him, and he can show us how to run. And that's organic. That's monkey see, monkey do. It's not theology. Um, so, and yeah, it's all about what stage of consciousness we're in. So, can we become like more and more to this, let ourselves the best we can access the oneness and realize that this conflict that we're having, it's a game we're playing. Yeah. It's building our muscle. It's teaching us things. It's opening us to reality. It's there's a gift in it. And in that gift, we can start to be like play instead of so identified with it. Yeah. The problem and you are not the problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? And the, the ego is, can be the huger problem. Right. And, and I heard a guy, a debate guy, say that. He said that, you know, in a debate, you're walking in and your opponent is there to make you look good. Like, I'm going to use everything they say oh, to. Good. To flip them so that my thing is better than theirs, right. which is the opposite of like what what Henderson does with you know like but measuring my best against their worst kind of right. thing. But that's a lot of debate. Like it's all walking in. Their consciousness is already locked into I'm right, they're right. wrong. That's duality, right? That's not relationship. That's not like you right. were saying. Oh, is that you in there? Right. Like there's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. You're right. That is so right. good. So if we remember, we're one fabric, and we came into this silly earth game on one in one fabric, and we will leave in one fabric, and there's no getting out of it. We're in God. Period. Then we can maybe start to find the tenderness within ourselves, and that, you know, with them. Yeah, to have open hands in a conflict, right? Rather than clenched fists, and right. Right. I'm gonna. Yeah. yeah. And another thing is, unless they're going to beat me with a stick, like if they're, if just spirit, if it's just phys, you know, if it's just words, if it's just energy, like can I be dropping? Can I let go, like sand in my hands? Can I let go of who, like having to look good or having to be right or having, like, can I like, like what can I let go of again with the emptying, so that I can just be with you and be love with you and be light with you in there the everything resolves. Yeah, it's true. And there's a lot of really great people who have done, like Marshall Rosenberg, NBC. That man, he's dead now, but he has done, like he would just show up in conflict against like people like serious war, serious like you killed my family. Right. And just be, I mean he had such presence, he'd just be that we can be with all this and hold it and find a way to serve everyone. Right. It's a beingness. 
yeah. that we come with. Winston Churchill, I think, was another guy who who could have done who did some of that, but also stood in the face of evil. Yes, you know, I think that's a lot of martial arts, like some of this yes. Buddhist theology or, or philosophy. It's not theology. It's it's it, but but it's being prepared, like they're really prepared and know how to fight. They hope they don't ever have to use it, but if they do. They know their shit. <laughs> you better not fuck with them. Right. 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 Because they, and that's, you know, but as a, as a peacemaker, Churchill, they're making a movie about it. I guess a movie's oh, coming yeah. out really soon. Oh, good. Which should be really interesting. I hope they don't screw it up. Because I like him. I like Churchill. Um, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But it if still we could gives just me. stand on that yeah, yeah. around here. <laughs> exactly. It still gives me goosebumps. And, yeah. yeah, it's true because we are just, there's nothing to fear. And, yeah. and even, like, it, it's so sad because there's a lot of people who have these great, like, positive thinking or great Christian or whatever thoughts, beliefs, but it's like what they're living in is fear. Yeah. And what they're protecting against is fear. Yeah. And we all, I mean, we all have it. Yeah. Um, there's none of us that aren't dealing with fear. And the stronger the fear, the stronger the armor, the bigger the facade, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. And so can we be, can we learn to be with that, with ourselves and others? That, okay, fear, yes. Like, I was just snowshoeing. I was writing about this in my newsletter. I was snowshoeing over the weekend um, up by the Canadian border. And a few times I was by myself. And a few times, I'm like, this is too steep. And I'm looking, and it's too far down. Like, I have, like, height things. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. And I start to, like, go into fear. I'm like, this, I can't, I can't afford this. It, like, fear can only lead me to freeze, fall, break. Like, it cannot lead anywhere good. I'm like, I, I can't afford fear right now. I need to focus and put my feet where like dig in my snowshoes, so don't fall down this ridge. You know, not, I'm not. I don't want to say that I'm taking unnecessary risk. I'm taking appropriate risks. Right. But it's scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anything worth doing has got to be a little scary. Scary. You're right. Right. So, and I'm just like, I can't afford to go into fear. And like, if we could like start to notice that it's like, oh, if I let this snowball, this fear snowball, I can't, no good can come of it. Right. It'll just hurt me and other people and doesn't bring me where I want to go. But, um, but that's like, that's having a little separation from it and not identifying with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Wendy, how do, yeah. how do, uh, listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to? Well, um, what I'm most excited about right now, uh, modern mystic, Okay. I'm creating, uh, I just actually was born on Christmas. It surprised me for me. I've been getting ready for it for a year, but it's actually born on Christmas Day. Okay. And um, there, we we are getting together. We have a Facebook group that's private, and we have some other things we're doing. I'm doing interviews with people who are crazy about God, mystic, or wannabe. Right. Right. Like, like hungry and thirsty for the real whatever you call it. <laughs> right. Define mystic in your terms. Um, someone, I would say someone who's spiritually open, who can okay. experience spiritual realities, can see spiritually or hear, has ears to hear, eyes right, to see, yeah. um, heart to experience, um, spiritual reality, at least a little. Right. Willing to embrace mystery. Right. Totally embrace mystery. Like the non-rational, non-emotional, non-body focused stuff. Like right. Where God lives. Uh-huh. Um, what the reign the kingdom of heaven spiritual reality so they 
have some access to that or really, really are hungry for it. And that might be enough. But I tend to want some desire for some divinity. Like, right. I, I'm not focused on, I'm very open to non-theists. I'm very, yeah. I don't care, like, if they think love's the thing or lights it, I don't care. Right. But, um, but but I'm really excited about the people. Basically, a lot of, about half of us are, I'm hoping, we've more of us are now, are coming out of Christianity yeah. to, beyond the doctrine to the reality of God. Um, so I can go on and on, but that's, like, kind of the picture. That spiritual reality is real, and, yeah. and we want it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's interviews, and there's like all the stuff that's building. It's pretty exciting, and it started out with a bang. And it's very exciting. So cool. That's um, modernmystic.us. Okay. And like that can get you in through there. And the other part of my ministry that is um, really I'm very excited about is called Be Captain of Your Life. Right. And that is more the general people but it's very important for spiritual people like it's from my perspective it's very important like we can't let our emotions rule us or our thoughts rule us or our programming or like what the lady down the street thinks yeah um and most of us are letting these things control us yeah but what if we're captain like just what i was saying like i can't afford to to go into fear right now i had to be captain yeah and I have to climb that ridge. You feel that fear welling up is. inside you. and I yeah. notice you, and I'm sorry, but you need to be in the backseat. You can't drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't and drive. And it's interesting how, also, it's like with, uh, I, I talk about this with, with addicts, you know, like one of the things is, well, I just don't have the willpower. And, and one of the things I like to get them to realize is, you, you, you have a job. A lot of them have jobs. Most of the people I know have jobs. You get up in the morning, What's doing that? Because I don't feel like getting up in the morning. When I get up in the morning, I don't. Who feels like getting up in the morning? Right? Unless you're that rare person who's like, oh, boom, I'm chipper and this is great. I'm up at seven o'clock in the morning. Woo! Those people aren't usually addicts, <laughs> right? So that maybe their addiction's different. Right? Exactly. Maybe um, they're addicted to joy, which is great. We can all be addicted to joy. But the thing is. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I'm trying to get them to see, be conscious of, is yes, you do have willpower, and you do um, master your emotions in that arena right there. You get out of bed, you get your ass out of bed. I get my ass out of bed, whether I feel like it or not. Right. You, you know? choose. Yeah, you choose. Yeah. yeah. So it's all about choosing and getting our free will back, which I think is one of our greatest gifts. After life, I think our greatest gift is free will. And yeah, we can go any way we want, but if we get in charge of our ship and all this other crazy stuff isn't driving, right. then we can choose to do some weirdo thing or not. We can choose to follow the, the light or not. We can choose, like God says, go here, I need this done. We can choose to do it. Yeah. If our ship isn't shape, if we're not ship shape, yeah. we can have all the good thoughts in the world. It's not, we're not going. We're stopped by what the lady at church thinks. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> you know? dealing with your shit, right? Getting into <laughs> dealing with, with your, your shit. shit. Yeah. 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 So that's be captain of your yeah. Um so yeah, those are those are my new focus. Because cool. you know we need focus. Yeah. Um, yeah we do. Because I can work with anyone I have, but and I'm excited to, but like when I really sat down with, with spirit and said what is like what is so exciting for me, that's those what's those are what's came what came up. Right. That's yeah. awesome. 
Wendy, thanks for doing this. Thanks for stopping by Punk Theology and uh, being on the podcast. Appreciate you. And uh, until next time, bye. Thank you for listening to Punk Theology. I built this cloud, I can break it. The world can't change how I feel. Because I know it's a lie. My heart is Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Music credits on the show today. Punk Theology is invoking the talk radio speech media when it comes to bumper promos. Uh, there's a Spotify playlist for this here podcast. You can search for Punk Theology on Spotify. The bumpers you heard were Bouncing Souls with Gone and The Interrupters with Control. Hey, by the way, Punk Theology is looking for Patreon Sinner Saints to help keep this podcast you hear rolling down the information superhighway, search for Punk Theology on Patreon or go to the website, punktheology.com. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project who is responsible for its content.